0: Hello, this is Hey Dude Shoes. This is an ad. But not for your ears, for your feet. Are they listening? Good. Hey Dude Shoes are the squishiest, airiest, lightest, go-to shoes you'll ever have the pleasure of introducing your toes to. So light, a butterfly could steal them. So soft, kittens seethe with jealousy. So cushy, your hands will curse your feet for all the love and attention. Toes, you've hit the jackpot of comfy. Hey Dude good to go to. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America hands off our kids paid for by America First Legal You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson Head on over to MileHighHuddle.com for all things Broncos Now It's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. So, Welcome in.
1: Welcome in. It is Wednesday night. It's time for Mile High Insiders. And no, that is not Luke Patterson you see there with me. Uh, Luke had to take tonight off. So it's going to be Scott and I tonight for a uh, breakfast for dinner on the Mile High Insiders. And I guess programming note on that, we're not going to be here tomorrow morning. Uh, Scott's um, getting a much deserved uh, day off, and I got to go figure out some things myself on my end. So, uh, consider tonight double packed. Um, Scott, how, how you is, doing? It looks this like is Broncos
2: basically- for breakfast early, is is yes. what this is. So, that, there's no Mile High Insider tonight. This is Broncos for breakfast a little early, as is what this is. No, we we uh, we're not. I, I said in the mortal words of the Hard Rock Thrash
1: brand corn, it's me again. Uh, sorry, I'm not better looking. Yep. You're plenty good-looking, Scott. That's uh, that's okay. Um, but uh, good to see everybody in here. Uh, welcome in Wednesday night, Mile High Insiders. I don't even know what day of the week it is. Who knows? Uh, but one thing we do have, a constant here, Dylan Varnark's coming in saying, sup, Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in, and subscribe if you haven't already over on YouTube. We also got the one and the only Kathy Lund, who is just a, consistent contributor to the channel here. We appreciate you, Kathy coming in saying, howdy Broncos fam, Nick and Scott. Thanks in advance for an amazing show. Oh man. She already gave us the compliments before we went going. We can so call it
2: much pressure. There's so much pressure now, man. Uh,
1: I don't know if we'll see if I can, if I can perform. And, uh, Kathy also comes in and says the start should go to Rippen. He has far more offseason rust to knock off than Johnson go Broncos. Uh, we got the Jay Valentine. Jay, I think it's been a second. Uh, he says, give rep the second team offense and Johnson the third only fair, and also we got the Paul's Anna's neighbor coming in saying Johnson should start Derek Terrell coming in Saying, ready for a good show. Let's go Broncos. More pressure. Um, that's what that's great. That, uh, Derek, what's that avatar? Can't, can't quite tell what that is. It looks I'm, like in a Bronc. It's a, like a Broncos American flag when I made okay. it full screen. I'm so, curious. Okay. Yep. Uh, we got our guy coming in here. Where it is that? Uh, Jay Kozad. Houston tried to poach rippon last year and we upped his money for the practice squad. Uh, we quite. also get, Yeah, not quite. Jay, I saw you come in here, um, you know, real
2: quick saying, you know, on something like this, there's no way they keep three quarterbacks on the 53. They didn't, they actually promoted him to the 53 last year was how they kept. So last year they did keep three quarterbacks. They promoted him from the practice squad because they didn't want to lose him. That was the only way they could keep him. So there is a chance they keep three on the 53 like they did last year.
1: Yeah. A slight chance. Um, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens there. And we got, uh, Kevin Gray coming in here saying, hey, Nick and Scott, I think Rippon, it'll be rippins. Let's ride. And also uh, we got William Connellano saying, I wouldn't let any of these quarterbacks go anywhere uh, so a team can pick them up, spy on our offensive scheme. Interesting. Uh, diamond Rattler saying, boom, let's ride. Uh, good to see a diamond. Always looking swole there with the new picture. Uh, we got Judyan palto Judian Judy Palto. Palto. I got Palto right. It's saying, good job. Thank you. We didn't do anything but to appreciate it. Uh George, Maybe she Ch- thought we'd get her name right. At least close. Looks like Judy Ann Palto. Judy Ann, that's a cool name. Uh George Chaney Fist bump! Good to see you, Biggie Bronco. Good afternoon, Broncos for breakfast, for dinner, for Broncos crew. <laughs> we got uh, Michaela Israel, our Mile High auto ladies, of course, saying let's ride. David McElrath, good evening, Broncos country. Nick and Scott, good to see you, David. Dom, good morning and evening, Broncos country. Andrew Morrow always coming to support, saying I want to see some Hinton packages just for fun. They got things to work on. I don't know. I've, we're it is preseason, but pre, let's save that for the third preseason game. Ernie May's. Now we can start talking about every team but the Broncos. No, I'm just kidding, Ernie. Like the Razzia there. Mike Gibbons in the house. Good to see you. Phil McLaughlin saying, "I'm always catch. I'm finally catching a Broncos for breakfast line." <laughs> well, thanks uh, for, the, thanks for the stars, Phil. Appreciate you uh, being the first one to uh, to break the ice, Phil. Thank you, sir. Yeah, getting us going. Five minutes in. God bless you. Also Greg Smith coming in. Where are these good evening emojis? We talked about it last night, Greg. Uh, Good to see it in here. Uh, Chase Wellner. I see Scott is filling in today. Good evening. Absolutely. And uh, we also got Michaela Israel coming in saying, honestly, I don't think Rippin looks on the same level as Johnson. No question in my mind. Finally, Alvin and the chipmunks. Hey, Nick and Scott, I say, let Rippin rip it. So uh, Scott, before we get going on this, um, or not before we get going, right when we get going. Uh, What are your thoughts? Uh, We had Nathaniel Hackett today uh, talked about uh, the quarterbacks, asked uh, who would be playing. They'd be playing the same amount. And he said, uh, we really haven't talked about it that exactly. I think it's for sure going to be split one way or the other. We just haven't decided and made it definite on which way we are going to go there just yet. So who's it going to be?
2: Do you think there's a quarterback competition for the number two spot? I do not. I do not really either. Yeah. So... Do you feel that Josh Johnson needs more work in order to be ready for the number two? Should he be
1: called upon? I know, but I think that they need to play the quarterback that they feel is the more competent and versatile to help work on the pieces around the quarterback. So you okay. are trying to, to evaluate to give the other
2: guys a better look.
1: Yes, exactly. Okay. And that's there. better reps. Okay.
2: Do you think there's a trade market for Brett Rippin? Should they decide not to keep three quarterbacks on there? No. Okay. So all those, every question that you just answered from my point of view says play Josh Johnson more. Um, That doesn't mean that's how it's going to run out. I don't necessarily think there is a quarterback competition for the number two spot. I think it's Josh Johnson's. Mm -hmm. I think if there was any question, he pretty much sewed it up in the first preseason game. Um. He is very he is much more similar to Russell Wilson than Brett Rippin. Um, Brett Rippon is a coach in the waiting. We've said this a bunch of times. He's just not necessarily an NFL quarterback. Where, you know, is Josh Johnson again. So everything to me points to okay, let's have Josh Johnson out there. Um, you know, and if you're worried about losing your number two quarterback in the preseason, my goodness, that's a that's you know, overly paranoid. Um But again, how much work do you think they're going to need? How much do you really hate the preseason, Nathaniel Hackett? How valuable do you think Josh Johnson is to this team? All those questions need to be answered. Uh, But for me, you know, I'd probably play, if I'm going three, because he said it was going to be split one way or the other, I would probably go three quarters to, to the backup and a quarter to the third string.
1: Yep. I uh, I agree with you um, on that one. We got Andrew Morrow breaking the super chat ice here, uh, flashing orange on us, nineteen ninety nine, saying you guys are great. God bless and go Broncos! Thank you so much, Andrew. We really appreciate that. Uh, man, super nice of you to come in and support us like that and help keep the lights on. And uh, you know, a little bit of a infighting between the other episodes here. You know, getting us uh, climbing the board here. But um,
2: yeah, I, yeah no, I, Andrew, I, thanks. I I don't get a chance to say thank you to a lot of the night folks. So yeah. um, you know, y'all are a reason I'm here. Seven, well, six days a week now, and then some. Yeah. Uh, if I'm if I'm not in front of the camera, I'm behind the camera. So let me have a chance to say, Andrew, thank you very much. And Michaela, thank you for coming in for some stars. Also, Michaela Israel hitting the hitting the stars on Facebook. So thank you very much.
1: Awesome, and uh, we got Kenneth uh, Patterson coming in here saying Josh is the Teddy Bridgewater of backups. How many teams has he been on? Seventeen. Yeah, I think that's like more
2: seventeen of a... professional teams.
1: Yeah. I think that's a better stat for a backup quarterback than your starting quarterback. If your starting quarterback's had that, that's an issue. If you have a backup quarterback that keeps getting picked up, uh, that probably says probably more positive about him than not. So, I think it is Josh Johnson. And I know this is a small sample size. Uh, Brett Ripon, I think he throws a pretty nine ball, but the velocity on the actual routes that require arm talent, you know, the outbreakers, the ones where you have to fit it into a window just don't see the gas from Rippon. And it's pretty obvious to me watching the two quarterbacks, Josh Johnson was 36 years old, much more of a live arm, better athlete. I think also he was Russell Wilson was part of the fact, uh, one of the factors of bringing Josh Johnson in here. I think Russell Wilson had an idea of who he wanted to come in and be a backup and work with. And I thought the second, even though Rippon went against what the fourth and third team 13 guys, uh, josh johnson looks significantly better and we, we keep talking about a ripping smart guy obviously stuck around for a bit making some money as a professional he's going to be a hell of an offensive coordinator maybe even further at some point i just don't think he has the the tools that you want and as far as i'm concerned you know, we've kept him we've developed him for a while i think his arm's a little bit better this year than it has been but uh I'm-
0: not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl not anymore
3: I don't think he's
1: as good as Johnson for the offense. Not as good of a quarterback.
3: And then there's a phrase I've heard, I think, fairly
2: recently, and you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. It's like you, you the coaches, you talk about develop I mean, You can't put in him what God left out. You know, yeah. it's just you know, there's a there's a certain amount of physical ability. There's a lot of amount of physical ability, not even a certain amount that you need to have. And you know, it's just short on him, and that's okay. I just, um, again, how much Nathaniel Hackett do you really hate? the the preseason it's almost like okay if i'm in man he must hate me (laughs) like i don't want to play i want to be seen as valuable in here so um and chases i think some are getting too sentimental about ripping you know that's part of it you know when he's been with the team he's like hey this is one of our own um and again it it begged the question for me last year it's you know you're not gonna play this guy what is the plan? That's, that's my big question is what is the plan for Brett Ripon? You're not grooming him to be an eventual starter. You're not really even grooming him to be a backup. But yet you promoted him to the 53 and gave him a raise last year. Why? I mean, it's got to be because you've got a plan for him down the future that may go beyond football. I mean, beyond you know, playing beyond being you know, playing we've talked about the Kellen Moore uh, role. Um, but on that note, and I, I think you may, may have made the best point of all is to give everybody else the closest look possible. <clears throat> I want to have the best quarterback out there. and That makes a lot of sense. You know, if, if the quarterback play, I would have the best quarterback to simulate and give the other guys a fair look.
1: Yep. Yeah. And is that fair? Not fair. I mean, who's to say exactly. <laughs> but, uh, I think you're more interested in developing the offensive line, the running game and the wide receivers that you have, because we still have a lot of questions about, you know, the wide receivers after the top three and even excluding Montreal, Washington, but you do want to get him the, the reps to develop as more of a wide receiver rather than just purely a specialist. So right now I think it's Johnson and not to totally, um, Barry Rippon, but the seem pretty night and day, uh, that he was better, uh, than Rippon, even though Rippon did have worse, players around them. Although I think the offensive line run blocking performed better for Ripon than they did for Johnson. And uh, it, the one that I can't get out of my head is that red zone or excuse me, goal line situation with Rippin, which was just not good at all. Missed late on a lot throws. of timing routes, you know, a lot yeah. of timing routes that were off time. And, you know, I, I
2: can forgive that a little bit. I, I get it. Um, yeah. You know, I just think, you know, the sample size, it is a smaller sample size again for, for Johnson. He came out and he looked great. You know, I, I said it, in the in the gut reaction, whatever we want to call it, that okay, I see why this guy is thirty six year old thirty six years old and silly in the NFL. He's got tools. He showed them off. We haven't seen the bad side though. You know, he hasn't been able to stick anywhere. So when when do we see that part of things? Um, you know, we might not. You know, we might not. You know, if let him be a preseason hero and let Russell Wilson start seventeen games, that's what we want. Uh, what yeah. we also like is, you know, Gary Lee's Palmer coming in a uh, huge supporter of the show. Gary says, good afternoon, Nick and Scott. Do you think they put Brett on the practice squad? Go Broncos and let's ride. I think they'll try. Yeah. I think they would absolutely try. Don't
1: you think so, Nick? Yeah, I do as well. And the thing about Brett at this point is he might be less valuable now than he was a year ago. when the Texans tried to poach him because he's going to have less years of control, uh, left. And, uh, at that point, you know, what's the value is another year older. Um, so cheap regardless though, man, yeah. you know, I mean, a second contract for him wouldn't break yep. you know, a million and a half. Yeah. And I don't want to be too harsh again, but you, let's say you lose Brett Rippon. You can probably find another Brett Rippon from another team or close to that. Maybe not the same, you know, person or the developmental as far as what he does, uh, in the quarterback's room or working with the scout team, et cetera, et cetera. But again, we're talking a quarterback here who is borderline rosterable, um, as far as the traits perspective go. And, um, it seems like Johnson, again, looks significantly better, uh, than the likes of, uh, Brett Ripon in that first game. The, I think you should have Johnson play 30 or 75% of the snaps in this one and give Brett Ripon the entire third game, showcase him. Maybe something happens here where you actually have to have a long and hard conversation and thought about keeping those guys. But I think you're being doing a lot for Brett Rippon in that case as well, giving him a full game uh, in that third one. So it's not, you know, yeah. it's, it can be positive still. It, maybe somebody comes along and offers you a fifth round pick. Who knows? Yep. You know, who knows? Naj coming in,
2: coming in orange. Love it. Naj Say, Hey, brothers thoughts on keeping starters out during the preseason. Also, what was up with that poor rushing performance versus Dallas? Was that on the backup offensive line? The scheme? Play calling? All of it? Appreciate yeah. you, bros. And we appreciate you, too, Naj. Um, looking forward to hopefully getting out September 25th for the meet and greet. I'm looking forward to coming out and hopefully get to, to meet the, the living legend in, in Naj Altoff. So
1: thank you, my friend. Yeah, thank you so much, Naj. That's uh, really supportive, and uh, God bless you, man. Uh, So yeah, what do we think here? Thoughts on keeping the starters out during preseason? I'm for it. I think there's some positions where you want the guys to get the reps. Like I know a lot of people are saying at this point, you know, put Baron Brown on ice. He looked good enough last week. If he gets hurt, it's going to suck. No doubt. Maybe start peeling him off of uh, special teams reps here going forward if you can, but I think he should probably play the first half versus the bills. And then when you're talking about that last preseason game, which, you know, it's preseason game three. Now think about it like preseason game four, what it used to be when it's like the fourth and fifth string guys. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you don't play Brown in that one, but I think in this game, you still play him. Uh, are there any other starters here that you think probably should be getting some run young players? I'd like to
2: see out there guys, maybe changing positions, getting some work. Um, you know, Graham Glasgow could end up starting. I'd like to see him get some more work at center. Uh, that's yeah. something we want to hit on, hit on uh, during the show. Uh, he got his first Graham Glasgow looked good of the, yes, the backup his line. And I want to, I want to ta- uh, touch on that for Naj. Um, this, the the poor rushing performance to me, you know, the X's and the O's are more important are not as important as the Jimmys and the Joes as far as scheme goes. The left side of that offensive line when Dallas was selling out to stop the run were players that you don't want to see take a snap for the uh, for the Denver Broncos. I think it was Zach Johnson and Quinn Bailey uh, at left guard and and left tackle. Um, I think your center was it. Wattenberg started at center mm-hmm. um, as well. You know, uh, rookie. He's not a second year guy. I'm, I'm already getting confused. These guys are starting to blend together in my old brain. He was drafted this year, yes, Ottenberg. Yeah, in yeah, so, the fifth round. So, you got rookie center. Uh, I'm down to one bar, so if you need to interrupt me, take over. Okay, you got a guy at left guard that isn't going to play. You got a guy at left tackle that isn't going to play. And you got Dallas Cowboys that were selling out to stop the run. I'm not too concerned. Give me Russell Wilson, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, Garrett Bowles, Dalton Reisner and Lloyd Cushenberry or Graham Glasgow at center. Then let's talk about the running game a little more. I'm not too worried.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think seemed worried about it. He's brought it up multiple times now in the meetings that some of it was on the offensive line. I probably put 70% of the blame on the offensive line. I think Dallas gets some credit as well. It looked like they were, mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me, uh, specifically trying to work on their run fits in that game and, uh, that game situation, leaving some space for the pass game. Uh, we saw that there. Uh the tight ends deserve some blame here. The tight ends uh blocked specifically Alberto Ocwenam uh really struggled in that regard. Um I know there's been talk of him improving as a blocker, but the tape that I saw, um not all 22, so I'll give him that, but the uh, tape that I saw looked like the same guy who's struggling to reach his marks in uh protection and uh run blocking. And also the running backs. A uh, few there's one running back who's not here anymore, but Max Borgie, few runs with him where there was space to be had and he ran into a defender uh and or just couldn't get away. Um, you know, legs moving fast, but not going anywhere very fast. So uh will be interesting um to see how it plays out. And this is a solid Bills uh front seven. Um we'll see how the depth looks. You know, it's always kind of hard to judge what these teams are when they're not playing their starters. Uh but still um should be hopefully more of an emphasis in this game.
2: Uh Dave comes in. He says Facebook is broken. It's so hard mm-hmm. to get into the live video, even fellas. Um uh, sorry to hear that. I'm going to drop the link to the YouTube in the in the chat. So if you're on YouTube, you're going to see it anyway. So multiple ways to come see us, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Um, you know, so if one of them isn't working for you that well, hop on over and and come see us. Uh, come see us. Hey, give us a like while you're on there too. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, and Mike, is this official? Randy Gratishar was not picked? Is that official? Yep, it is official. Sorry, dude. You know and and sorry to Broncos country. I know that was uh that was that hurts. Uh, I feel for y'all and um, nothing else, nothing else, nothing else to say.
1: Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, definitely deserved it, but uh, just continues to be an issue. So, uh, sucks, but uh, hopefully one day. Um, Gratish are not being picked for the Hall of Fame it is a travesty. Yes, it is. Mike Commoner, I agree with you 100%. Um, We also got Phil McLaughlin coming in over on Facebook now uh, saying, do you think we'll see the starters that are available play any downs in preseason? I think there are a few starters that we're going to continue to see play some snaps uh, going forward on defense. The only guy that I can think that's a starter that should be getting some reps right now, just getting his feet wet uh, going forward is Joe Schobert. Almost everybody else though. I'm like, Darby, no. Patrick Catan, no. Cream Jackson, no. Justin Simmons, no. Uh, I'm still a little bit surprised that Deshaun Williams didn't get any run in that first game. Maybe we'll see Deshaun Williams get a little bit more in this game too. Uh, but Draymond Jones and DJ Jones, no, no. I've listed jo- Josie Jeweled, no. That's everybody on defense.
2: It's a pretty veteran
1: team. Nick yeah. is
2: the thing. Yeah. You know, you don't have and you, you don't have a, a rookie wide receiver out there that you're you're planning on starting. You know, the, the young the young guy is Jerry Judy you know, as far as, you know, the, the starters out there. So you look at players that you might want to see, get some extra work that could end up starting week one. Baron Browning could use some extra work at edge and he could end up starting week one, depending on the availability of Randy Gregory and, and Bradley Chubb, Graham Glasgow. Again, I just mentioned him at center. He got some, he got some work with the ones today. Graham looked like the veteran who was once a $15 million a year guard with that second and third unit out there. He looked good. Um, you know, and it was, again, the surroundings are different, but he was coming off an injury and he looked good. And he's been praised by the coach. He got praised again today, working with the number ones. First time out there with the ones at center. Cushionberry wasn't just put in bubble wrap. Cushionberry has a little bit of an injury. That's an opening. Mm-hmm. That's an opening for Glasgow. So you could have Glasgow come out there and and end up being a starter day one. You could have Baron Browning be out there being a starter day one. I would like to see both of them get some work in the preseason. Thank you uh, for the question, Phil.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh... not long ago. Everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities and bodies.
3: we
1: um, will be interesting to see. I'm curious to see about Graham Glasgow. There's apparently been some buzz that uh, Miners pass production and some of the assignments have been uh, up and down, uh, maybe a little bit erratic in that regard. So maybe that right guard position with Matute, uh, Moody uh, suffering the injury there, Natani Moody, uh, maybe the right guard position, maybe Graham Glasgow comes uh, sweeping back in here. Uh, we'll see what happens. There we got David McElrath saying, uh, McElrath, excuse me, is coming in saying uh, Nick and Scott Rippon should have an opportunity to the second string the opportunity, the second string, as far as I'm concerned, is earned in the practice reps. Before that, uh, it's not just kind of where these guys are brought in similar playing field. They've had a lot of data gathered to this point anyway, and it's not just on the practice field too; it's in the meeting room. Uh, so, if Rippon doesn't start, if they do, if he does start in this game or you know play what seventy five percent, sixty percent, awesome, good for Rippin. We'll see how he looks. Uh, but if he doesn't, there's I think that should ring loudly uh, as well as what's happened to this point uh, with these two quarterbacks. Yeah, there's
2: been talk that, you know, he had had played really well in camp because, you know, it to me, you start saying should, has he has he earned that spot where he should be getting some work with the Suze? Or, and that's why uh, David asked at the top of the show, do you think there's a legit competition for the number two quarterback spot right now? We both kind of said, no, we don't think so. It's pretty well sewn up. Well, if you've got your number two entrenched, there's there's really not a huge reason for my number three to be playing with the twos that's just not how it works um but you know either way though David I I would be okay with it you know, if if Brett Rippon came out and started I wouldn't be like oh this is this is silly what am I saying? it's it's not that big a deal you know honestly Brett Rippen is a competent player he can come out and if he were to start the game I wouldn't be hemming and hawing and what is he doing I'd say okay I get it um for sure but if we're going to ask the question we have what would you do? What do you think should be done? I would have Josh Johnson out there with the twos, with the guys trying to uh, to come up, which leads us to a next question from Andrew Baker. Uh, Andrew coming in with some stars. He says, hey, the Broncos for breakfast, boys, for dinner. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have breakfast. I have cereal for dinner about four nights a week anyway.
1: Really? What st- <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> what second or third string players need to show big this next game, uh, Mile High Insiders for life. And uh, you know he's flexing too. So sunny. So thank you, Andrew. Thank you for the stars. Um, go ahead, Nick. I've been. I feel like I've been talking for at least two minutes straight.
1: Uh, for me, the biggest player that I have questions about that uh, needs to show out, uh, show big this next game, uh, Michael Ojemudia. Uh, the third-year cornerback, third-round pick in the 2020 draft uh, out of the University of Iowa. And uh, he was apparently one of the darlings of OTAs. Uh, talked about a lot by the secondary coach. Uh, talked about Mike, uh, Patrick Sertan. Named him a few times in interviews and whatnot. And then in training camp, it's been a little bit up and down. Obviously, playing a lot of the Patrick Sertan reps and going from Sertan to Ojemudia as a, the no-dip drop-off. Uh, but then in the game against the the, the Cowboys, uh, seemed like he had one good play and then have one poor play or one great play one. What are you doing play? So Michael Ojemudia, he needs to do well. Uh, Darby's already dealing with an injury uh, coming right now. We know that Darby historically misses a lot of time. He's only played one season in his career where he has played all the available snaps or all the available games to him. So uh, Ojemudia, um, guy who's probably going to be in line for some reps this season needs to play better, needs to show big uh, in this game. In my opinion.
2: Um, going back to starters who I think should play, I'm going to wrap that into this question for a starter that is a presumed starter that needs to show, or else he's going to find himself second or third team is Albert Mm Okawebinom. Um, so I'm going to kind of, I'm going to do a callback on that one. I'd like to see Albert Okawebinom play a potential starter. I'd like to see him out there a little bit more, um, this preseason. And I think he's a player that needs to play better, uh, in order to remain in the first team. Uh, as far as second and third string guys, I started thinking about where are the battles right now? Um, pretty good battle, Nick, at safety.
1: hmm Yeah, those are, I I guess. I mean, I feel like the the second string safeties are pretty well set, uh, in my opinion. It seems like J.R. Reed is probably the fifth guy mm-hmm. in that room, uh, with P.J. Locke being the first, like, too deep safety to come in, and Caden Stearns being that primary Dimebacker. So it's like enough dichotomized. <laughs> Positions yeah, there's there's are different
2: like, roles enough that you don't think that PJ Lock and Caden Sturge are in competition for playing time.
1: I think they are a bit.
2: Um, okay. And then for me, that's what I, yeah. that's what I was alluding to Yeah, was there's a, I feel like there's a decent battle going on between those two players, but if they're going to be in completely separate roles, maybe not.
1: Well, they maybe both not, started but, at too high, uh, but mm-hmm. then you saw Sterns roll down uh, to Dimebacker early on. So my, I guess my big question is if you do lose one of the safeties, knock on wood or whatever, you know, football gods don't do it uh, but if you lose one of your safeties for a bit who's the first guy to come in I don't know but it does seem like at least Stearns has more pathways to the field because they were using him in or more
2: and there is a hell of a battle going on at the wide receiver position yeah Brandon Johnson Seth Williams Jalen Virgil are all guys that are fighting fighting for a spot so those are three more names I would take a look at
1: appreciate the question Andrew yeah Kendall Hinton as well unless you think that he's uh, sewn up a spot already um I think I don't think
2: that. So I agree. I agree with mm-hmm. you. Um you know I I feel like you know we've got uh five that we feel like are pretty safe. One for sure because of special teams, Montreal Washington. Otherwise you're talking um it's four. You're talking right. Sutton, Judy Hamler, Washington. So four, yeah, you're right, four. Um and then after that, then there's there's a battle for those yep. for, for the remaining spots. Yeah. Um, Uh, And C Chang comes in. He says, "Do they cut Ben Braden?" I believe that was the move that was made on Monday um, in order to make room for the new signing of Joe Schobert. So I I believe that's what that uh, that that did happen already. Yep, absolutely. Ben Dylan answered that. Um, Actually, it was you're gonna have to you have to phonetic this one out for me. It it looks like Nathan when I'm glancing at it, and I know that. So it's it's Mister Noble, Mister Noble. Nathafon I, I don't want to mess it up too much but you're in here a lot and um you're a big contributor to the show I want to I want to get your name right Malcolm coming in from Alaska way north way north then uh this is, feels like back to back so Malcolm is back Malcolm takes off season off but we're back to football Malcolm Brown is back uh great to have you back in here Malcolm
1: yeah thank you so much so uh getting back then did you want to talk about the Interior offensive line here, uh, Lloyd Cushionberry, Graham Glasgow, like you said, uh, mm-hmm. Glasgow, you thought looked pretty good in that preseason game, uh, right guard center, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, is there a chance that Cushionberry's position could be in trouble? It seems like early on um, Cushenberry is getting all the, the love, but let's be real. Cushionberry, the last two seasons has not been a great uh, center. But it progressed a little bit, but not a great center. Some questions about his movement ability in the run game. Some questions about his ability to take on power as a pass protector. And if Glasgow's looking solid, uh, is there a chance that again, Cushionberry being injured, maybe getting Wally pipped? There it is. It, you know, the, the phrase
2: I've learned over the last twelve months. You know, it's the best ability is availability. Um, and if you are not out there, there is enough depth and talent on this team that you're going to get pushed. So Lloyd Cushenberry might not have anything to worry about his starting spot if he's out there and he's healthy. But if he's not out there, it, it gives you know Graham Glasgow again was once one of the highest paid guards in the NFL, uh, interior offensive lineman, for a reason. He've, he's got some ceiling to him. We haven't seen the best of Graham Glasgow, but he no. again. But Lloyd Cushenberry is not exactly an untouchable force either. We're not talking about Alex Mack and his prime here. No, Um. he's gotten a lot of love and praise, but he's he's definitely not untouchable. Do I think he's still in the lead
1: considerably? Yes. Mm -hmm. Him missing time opens a door for sure. Yep. And uh, Graham Glasgow is expensive, but because of the restructure of his contract, I think prior to last offseason, it makes it almost impossible uh, for the Broncos to have any benefit of moving on from him. So unless somebody trades for him, that's a benefit. You're not going to save much cap wise moving on from him. And we got. Swerton coming in here, uh, on YouTube saying, uh, sorry, as a lifelong fan, I'm not excited about another fill in 33 year old quarterback. We need another John Elway, uh, nine and eight record. Maybe interesting. Um, this is a, uh, nine and eight is possible. I'll give you that. Uh, but I don't think it's because Russell Wilson is a fill in quarterback. Um, I think that's a, uh, massively underselling his ability. Maybe he's not a top three, uh, quarterback in the NFL. Maybe he does have some limitations because of his height. Uh, You know, not working in the middle of the field as much, um, pretty reliant on the deep ball, etc, etc. Maybe some broken play uh, jambalaya going on there where maybe in structure is not as replicable, but there's gonna have to be an evolution with him um, somewhat and could be happening here with Hackett. But as far as a fill in 33 year old quarterback, I mean, Tom Brady just turned 45, right? Like it's (laughs) 33 is not old for the quarterback position. Well, and what's, what's interesting is a conversation we were having last
2: night was with guys coming in and just immediately throwing out trolls and, you know, you suck, blah, blah. blah. I'm like, man, man, if you're going to troll, put some effort into it, come in a little more subtle. So I don't know if this is a troll or not, but it's better. This is better. This is how you troll. If you're going to come in and troll now. John Elway, when I read this, I'm like, I thought he was actually putting down John Elway. We don't need another, like, over-the-hill guy. John Elway was 37 when he won his first Super Bowl. 37. These guys were playing until they're 40. Russell Wilson's not a fill-in. Russell Wilson is a long-term answer. At least that's what you hope. Is he going to be that guy? You know, 33. John Elway was 33 in 1993. You know, that's... And, and that was... 25 years ago when they were still allowed to go after the quarterback and then go after his, his family. You know, that was when the, the quarterback weren't protected like they are now. 33 is almost the prime of a quarterback these days. So I'm not too worried about it. I understand, you know, if if the, the, some of the narrative, you know, Russell Wilson was carried by the defense, this, this, we'll see. I think he is a hell of an upgrade over what you've had. And if you put a hell of an upgrade on last year's team with better coaching attitude and everything, your minimum ten and seven, so that's yeah. not too far from nine and eight, but no, you know I think I think I've pegged eleven and six is you know set down over under at ten and a half. That's not mm. too off from nine and eight, but he says maybe nine eight maybe it's that good. I, uh, I I think I think ten and seven would be a little bit of a disappointment. Eleven and six is is the the bar for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think if I was setting it right now, the over under because again you want to account for injuries and stuff. And there's just so many questions on the Bronco. I keep saying one of the most volatile teams in the league, uh, but what does Vegas have Matt nine and a half, 10? I think that's what Sounds Vegas has. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that feels right. Um, from a better perspective. Now I'm, I'm taking the over, but like, what do I think the, I'm trying not to be me. I'm trying to have an out of body, body experience. What would somebody working in Vegas have the Broncos at nine and a Ten. half, 10 feels Ten. 10 and a half. Yep. 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 Um, Phil McLaughlin coming in on Facebook saying if Alberto Cuevanon doesn't show better soon, what is he worth on the market? Do you remember the Duke Dawson trade a few years ago, Broncos country? Not you, Scott. You probably don't. You remember the name Duke Dawson, but um, Mm -hmm. he was traded for a former second round pick from Florida, kind of a safety slot, cornerback hybrid, Uh, not a great athlete. Broncos traded, I think, a sixth round pick for him on his rookie contract. And uh, I think that's probably what you're talking about with Alberto Cuebin. um, here. You spent a fifth round pick. He hasn't shown out, um, but he's still got tools. Somebody, I think, is going to value him somewhat. So maybe you're talking about a sixth round pick, but it's not it's not gonna be a lot. Um, it might yeah. even be like you get a fifth back and you send Okoye Benam in a seven.
2: Yeah, and, and that's the thing is like, if he doesn't show better soon, that's the
0: problem with like, when you want to trade guys. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration's pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies.
2: it's usually preceded by a bunch of negatives. Mm -hmm. If Albert O isn't doing well, it's like, oh, he's old, expensive, and washed. Trade him. Well, you're not doing a very good sales job there. Who the hell wants old, expensive, and washed? You know, I'm not saying that about Albert O. I see this a lot in, in, you know, just in the market in general. We don't want this guy, you know, for this variety of reasons. We need to trade him. Well, you you just set the market for him, right? Um, you know, so if he is with a grand opportunity to come in and take the starting position and he falters, there's not going to be a huge market for him. You know, can you spin him, as you said, for, you know, a six, maybe, um, that's what we were talking to Malcolm came in and had a very similar question. He throws in, uh, Malik Reed, um, you know, Malik Reed and Alberto, what's the trade value? Malik Reed was available for not a ton of money considering the production he's had you know I, I threw it out there the other day but if you look at if you just look purely across the board at numbers at stats and you stack up Malik Reed to Randy Gregory you take Malik Reed and you couldn't get Malik Reed was out on the open market and couldn't get much uh,
0: yeah. out there
2: he got a nice contract i mean don't get me wrong he's still making seven figures and and has done well but he he was available and the market wasn't very hot for him when he was free what besides what you got to pay him you don't have to trade for him is what
1: i mean the broncos um, could match him uh match whatever deal so there's a little bit of so context behind that yeah
2: you know test them test resolve fine you know you can you can say okay get, uh, we're gonna offer you you know two years six million dollars with two and uh, the two and a half million dollar signing both so you test a resolve and as far as we know, there weren't any really concrete offers that were out there. So the, the trade value for Alberto and Malik Reed is, is pretty low. It's pretty low. Now, can you spin those guys each into a couple of day three picks, package those together and move up and get a fourth rounder, or a third runner? Possibly. Yeah, possibly. But uh, it's not going to be a hot market. And that's the one that just based on pure numbers, I'm surprised that Malik Reed didn't have a, a little bit higher of a of value. You know, I saw him come across my Falcons feed. Someone said, Yeah, this guy had eight sacks. We should be looking at him. I'm like, eh, this is what my Broncos boys say about this guy. And they're like, eh, crap. Never mind. And the market kind of bore that out as well.
1: Yeah. And I mean, he's a very good, I you love to have him as your fourth or fifth edge rusher. Sure. Um, that's amazing. Um, but Broncos, you know, moving Browning to edge, uh, signing Randy Gregory drafting Nick Benito, all of which does not bode well to uh, being big on Malik Reed's long-term future. If you can, let's say it's the same thing. Remember the Steven, uh, Weatherly trade last year, I think the Broncos sent, uh, a fifth round pick and they got Weatherly in a seventh. That seems like a Malik Reed S kind of move where a team maybe has an injury at edge rusher or something like that. And, uh, then makes that kind of move. So, uh, we'll see here how that plays out, but it'll be interesting. Um, had a comment coming in here from William that I wanted to get into, uh, saying, uh, For the people saying we're going to kill Seattle, just calm down. Keep saying we're going to have to work out the kinks and offense, especially early. And then we had a comment coming in here from uh, somebody saying uh, that they're going to have to lean on the run game early on at first. And uh, I agree. I used to agree with you on this, William, uh, but I think I said it this morning. I shifted my tune just a little bit. I don't think it's going to be the run game that's going to have to carry the passing game early. I think it's going to have to be the defense. Uh, the defense is shaping up, looking pretty good. Um, I'm excited about the prospects of the pass rush now that a lot of guys are answering questions. Randy Gregory's already practicing in pads, uh, and also this has to do with uh, the running game looking concerning uh, early on. And Nathaniel Hackett mentioning as such.
2: Well, I'm excited to watch a team that wants to win games. Yeah, <laughs> I know how silly that sounds. I'm watch. I'm excited to watch a team that wants to play to win on offense play to win on defense. If you've got the ball, I want it. If I've got the ball, I want to make big plays. I want to score. I'll grind the climb out, clock out and move it as I, I need to. But I'm looking forward to some attack minded football. That's what I'm looking forward to. And I feel like that's what we're going to get, Nick.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you as well. There still might be somewhat of a, not putting your foot fully on the gas early on. And part of that is, you know, Protecting the football a bit—you don't want to turn it over, especially if your defense is playing well. You don't want to give, uh, like, it, how do you lose against a bad Seahawks team and a bad Houston team? Is making some stupid turnovers early, and then you're down 14 to zero before the first quarter is over, and trying to dig out—that's when you're in trouble. Obviously, you don't want to go out there and play—you know, super duper conservative, but well, you don't want to. I, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like Nathaniel Hackett and
2: zero Evero's conservative would be hair on fire yeah. for Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer, you know, so it's, it's relative. It's yeah. relative. They can, their, their conservative would be, uh, we, we don't have to rehash what it was like watching that team last year, but you know, even in a conservative offense, I still expect to see some shots downfield and some blitzes, mm-hmm. you know, I mean that even playing conservatively, I still expect to see pressure and some attack minded football.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Uh I agree with you 100%. Uh, but again, I think it's going to be the defense that's probably going to have to keep the ship uh, not afloat. That's the wrong way to put it. But, you know, steering the ship for a little yeah, bit the first quarter of the season. While everything comes together, that's you've
2: got more experience there as far as, you know, in the system, playing together. You know, when you change the quarterback, a lot of things changes for sure. And Big E comes in with a question. He says, Scott, I know you're an Atlanta fan. But after doing these pods with Nick, how big a Bronco fan have you become? And honestly, I, I think I talked about this this morning. My fandom isn't really in football. I've been working professionally in football media, college football, professional football, in uh, for over 20 years now. And the and and I was always in the analysis side of things. I never covered a specific team ever. So I was pretty much as neutral as you could possibly be. And I came up with the phrase at the times like I don't the one, the longer you're in covering sports, you stop rooting for the names on the front of the jerseys, more you root for the names on the backs. And two, I'm in the prediction business a lot, you know, in, in analysis. I root for me, mm-hmm. so I, I, I root for me to be right. When I am talking about um, Jonas Griffith, I thought he looked really good, and I think he was is a guy that I think can come in and be a starter. So far, it's played out that way, and then you get hurt. I'm like, damn, that hurts me. Um, yeah. you know, if I think Jerry Judy can take a step up and make the next step and move forward and put some of his naysayers to, to you know put, put them away, my god, I want that to happen. Uh, I don't necessarily worry about the score as much. Uh, I, I, I in that case, I'm rooting for me. Uh, in this case, I'm rooting for you and, and folks like you, Biggie, because I'm part of this community and this is a lot of fun doing this all the time. So I'm rooting for you to be happy, which in general is gonna mean the Broncos winning. And it's a lot more fun. Last year I had fun of being part of this community, but the, the team itself was pretty miserable. Um the football was boring. Vic Fangio was a curmudgeon, the quarterbacks was a discussion of you know, a lot of gnashing of the teeth about two guys that weren't very good. You know, that's not all that fun. (laughs) This is a season I'm looking forward to. And I'm looking forward to spending it with you, Biggie and Dave.
1: Dave Glassman coming in on YouTube. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dave. We appreciate you with the support there. And uh I see Greg corrected himself. He said first it was a 10 and a half for the over under and then it came down to uh now it's nine nine and a half. So uh us saying you know you said 10 and a half 10 I said nine and a half 10. We're right there. I Um, said
2: 10. 10 feels right to me. So you could probably find it. You know, there's lots of Vegas lines. It's not just there. There might be one location,
1: but there's lots of people setting odds out there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'll see what happens. And we got Ken Rose here. This is something that we didn't talk about so much here. Uh, Floor and ceiling uh, for this team. Um, And the win-loss record. Let's dig into this a little bit. I'm I'm curious Mm -hmm. your thoughts on this. Uh, I think this is probably a little bit, if we're actually talking Floor and ceiling. I think this might be too low and uh, too low on both accounts. Yeah, uh, there's so, not
2: enough variance in there. Now let's let's get the let's get the uh, the disclaimer out there first, Nick. Assuming everybody Wilson, stays healthy.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> assuming everybody stays healthy. If Russell Wilson, where's some? Uh, sorry, if I where's <laughs> some wood I can knock on there, but uh, yeah, just goodness um if russell wilson gets hurt early in the season and you're start you're starting johnson slash rippon uh for a majority of the season you're talking about a team that's probably picking top 12 top 10 i mean that's I'll bets are off yeah we, yep. we you go you look at a line and it says off that's yep. that's what happens speaking of vegas yep uh so i think with uh russell wilson um your floor is probably i think you're close there i probably go eight and nine um just because there's so much newness here let's say there's uh Descent in the locker room. Let's say the defense kind of falls apart. You have a lot of first time coaches and coordinators say so the offensive line is God awful and the division being as tough as it is for floor. We're talking about floor, you know, happens 5% of the time. If lower um, worst case, eight and nine. Yeah. Worst case eight wins ceiling though. I think that maybe 13, uh, 13 and four feels pretty, pretty high for some that's everything clicking the defense is like oh my gosh this is a top five defense uh jerry judy and Cortland sutton emerge. run game is awesome uh so i'm gonna put one game on each end of that uh for the floor on the ceiling
2: all right so what's gonna hold you back your schedule maybe a little bit because you know i'm thinking I, i've said before that okay you're playing uh you know though the afc west is loaded they're gonna beat each other up well so what let's say the entire afc west goes three and three against one another that's still 14 There's still 14 more wins in there, possibly, or 11 more wins in there. So, I mean, it's 14 and three. As far as a ceiling, everything goes spectacularly. Not just Russell Wilson clicks, but how about Randy Gregory comes in and turns into a second coming of of LT. Bradley Chubb uh, plays for his contract year and plays 17 games. And these guys combine for 30 sacks. Patrick Sertan steps up and becomes a second coming of Rod Woodson. Justin Simmons is back and they're attacking and he's just ball hawking and everything and getting in pick sixes because there's pressure coming from the edges. Oh, meanwhile, the center position takes care of itself. You got two upgrades at guard and the right tackle. Well, there's your floor right there. The right tackle is still a little bit scary for me. Um, If you can get competency out of the right tackle, Russell Wilson there, you got two good running backs. You got receivers all over the place. You know, where is the, if everything goes right, where does it you know there's there's your your ceilings 14. i mean honestly yeah that said you know do i expect 14 no i said i think not everything's gonna go right and everything's gonna go wrong i like 11 and 6 11 and 6 sounds about right for me with this team we'll see
1: we will see oh man we will see indeed it'll be interesting to see how it plays out uh clayton coming in here with the uh, support thank you clayton over on facebook good to see you clayton And uh, Clayton also saying 13 wins Mm -hmm. babies the ceiling. So uh, we're going to see. And also Zebulon saying, you mean Seattle picks top 12? That would be disappointing. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos pick, which they don't own, but the pick associated to their record would be top 12 if Russell Wilson goes out. Yeah, we'd like to send them a (laughs) 31-32. Anything in the 20s, I'm not going to be complaining too much about. Who did they take with that pick last year? I don't remember. Charles Cross.
2: Okay, re- re- the returns on him are fair. It's have been fair. Early. Yeah, um, the early returns on him have been fair, not spectacular. I'm telling you, Nick, the guy that crosses my timeline, and it's probably because I've clicked on it, so the the bots and the algorithms send it to me again. Is mm-hmm. Sky Moore, Kansas yep. City Chiefs? I- Sky Moore hits my timeline every single day as a trending topic. He's going to be one to watch out for with Kansas City.
1: Yeah. And Kansas city did suffer an injury today. Uh Nicole Hardman was carted off. I also know Chris Jones got hurt. So we'll see how that plays out. Kansas city is going to be a lot different this year. Uh, I don't know if you watched the Kansas city game early on, but they came out in a lot of, uh, 21 personnel ace, uh, in their first game with a fullback and a tight end in there. So a lot more bunch, uh, they trying to get guys in the box and get more space in the boundary. Uh, it's an evolution. Teams have to go through evolutions. The chiefs, the chiefs had far and away the highest, uh, Two high safety looks last season, the lightest box count, and they still struggled uh, rushing the football. I think it's one of the reasons the Chiefs' offensive line graded so well. It's because they didn't have to block as many guys, so their efficiency numbers came out pretty well in those advanced analytics. Still a good offensive line, but you know, far and away the best in football. I don't know about that. Uh, but we got Charlie Dominguez coming in here over on Facebook saying how many teams in division will make the playoffs. I'm going to go three.
2: Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think only three can make it if I'm not mistaken. Like that's the max. You can't have all four because there's not. I think enough you can have all four uh,
1: with the with the additional. I think the math like it's never happened. Uh, but because okay. there's seven teams now uh, in there, I think it is theoretically possible. It's just okay not, for some reason. I thought we problem.
2: talked ourselves out of that
1: one. Um,
2: three makes sense then. Still, um, not there's there's a lot of question marks in there and Craig Smith says doggone it Scott I was feeling it until you said right tackle you saw that huh you felt yeah. it as I was running through running through oh yeah right tackle right tackle still a bit of a problem um Malcolm doesn't think so he says bah. right tackles will result in good blocking tight ends getting snaps that takes away from your dynamics a little bit getting down the field you know if uh if I have to put in a blocking tight end it might mean i don't get to use as much uh, greg Dulcich when he's healthy uh might mean less albert okawabinom because i want o- okawabinom getting down the field uh mm-hmm. i want him using that size and that speed and that physical mismatch in the secondary i love it's diabolical watching tight ends get into the secondary and just trucking guys and, and yeah. four guys just they're pulling them it's one of my favorite things about football um i'd like to see that this year in um, the bigger problem you have on the offensive line blocking, the less you're going to see from your,
1: your tight ends and your wide receivers, mm-hmm. uh, because you're going to be playing less 11 personnel uh, in that scenario. And also it probably means that your running backs are going to be less dynamic in the past game. Cause they're going to have to be kept in to help chip and whatnot. So uh, definitely it limits. Hopefully uh, Billy Turner's healthy. And also you hope that the usage of RPOs and speed outs um, will somewhat, somewhat, uh, negate the threat of that edge rusher the edge rusher is going to have to be a little bit more disciplined uh because it, the ball could just as easily be in the running back's belly and if he crashes too hard in uh-oh I've lost my contain and now Javante Williams is one on one against the safety so hopefully that results in a little bit more discipline uh from the pass rushers more than we've seen over the last few seasons part of that is the offensive uh style changes scheme changes part of that's Russell Wilson coming in here being a different type of quarterback mobility wise but uh right is definitely an int- uh a scary position and reading between the lines a little bit, and you know, talking to some people that are more in the know than I am, even though this is my high insiders, not <laughs> George Payton's, you know, son or something. Um, doesn't sound like Calvin Anderson has run away with the opportunity. We can see it on tape, but even more so, uh, behind the scenes. So, adds to the right tackle concerns. He's a stopgap, and
2: uh, you know, Billy Turner has been activated, but already wasn't there for, for personal reasons today. That's just another day missed um at right tackle so we we need tom we need to see tom compton and billy turner in there competing for us to see the best out of these denver broncos that's how it's going to be right now because i don't see any ex, any any other help coming in
1: i think bobby massey's still out there <laughs> right now um <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty, moving, sure like, pretty, pretty sure he is sc- pretty sure he is he started over anderson last year um not i don't think he's a great outside zone fit um but uh raiders i digress playoffs
2: uh, there you go paul Paul oh, Anna's good. neighbor. So what's your pretty name? Good. If you're Pollyanna's neighbor, I don't care about
1: Paul Anna. I care about you. I mean, it depends who Paul Anna is. Maybe I do care. Um, <laughs> Biggie Bronco coming in saying, Nick Palace, Sarah said, Pittsburgh Seahawks are going to trade Mason Rudolph. Would you consider it all bringing him in? If we trade somebody that we're going to cut player for player. Player for player trades don't really happen. Not interested in Mason Rudolph. Um, so see, I don't think he's... Is Nick Palace Sarah, one name? That's what threw me off. I think he probably did voice detects is there. I think Palace Palis- Sarah... Palis-
2: was... No, Nick, Nick Palacero. Yeah. Nick Palacero. Nate Palis, Nick. Okay, I got it. Yeah, the, the, it's Tom Palacero.
1: Yes, Tom Palacero, who is really Palisaro. close with uh, George Payton. Okay. I don't know. Either way, Whew, <laughs> confusing. I was afraid to click on that one. <laughs> who's on first? <laughs> What's on second? Um, No, yeah, absolutely. All right, so, funny a story real quick. Okay, let's uh, do it.
2: Speaking of voice to text, I uh, was using voice to text. I was texting my wife, I'm at a baseball game there was a young dog that was next to me, you know, not quite a puppy, but not anyway. So I send whatever I'm sending to, uh, to my, to my wife. And before I hit send this, this dog comes by me. I'm like, you know, and she's about to run out on the field. I'm like, no, no, sit down right there, baby girl. And I had hit send. That's what it says to my wife. I'm like, oh, screenshot. I'm live. I'm at a baseball game. Here's the dog.
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah. Voice to text. It feels like you never get me, um, but uh, that's okay. It's because I mumble. Uh, but guys, I think it's about time we start wrapping up. Uh, Scott, before I get on out of here, one more question. I was discussing in a, in a group chat today. Um, the positives and the negatives. The impact uh, Russell Wilson will have on the Broncos' offensive line this season. Uh, overall, positive, I would say. But your overall thoughts? How does that work mechanically? Uh, rather than just saying, oh, it's going to be good for the offensive line. What does that mean? What does it look like?
2: Um, the good for the offensive line will be the positivity in yards and touchdowns and scoring. The negatives might be you might end up having a couple extra sacks because he's extending plays and he's getting greedy and trying to be down there. So you're like, okay, I'm the I'm the the tackle. you know, I, I need to hold my block for X amount of time. Well, if he breaks contain and he ends up giving up a sack, it goes on, on me. Um, you know, that could be a negative. You could end up having more negative plays, but that's a trade-off you'll take, you know, for the positive plays. So the it, it, it is a trade-off. So th- those would be the negatives that you would have is you should have more, you you could have more negative plays, but the net gain is a hell of a lot more points, offense, production, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yep. hundred percent. So, um, you hit on some of the points, but, uh, my thoughts are it's a little bit harder for the offensive line because the landmarks are not as consistent with the pure pocket quarterback. You know where that guy's going to be. You, he understands the space. Uh, so now you have a quarterback is going to be a little bit more playing with jazz music in the pocket, so to speak. And that makes things harder for the offensive line in that regard. So it's going to be more again, high variance there. Uh, one positive here that, um, uh, you really hit on the passing blocking perspective, but I guess the run blocking to me last year. I think the Broncos had the highest rate of stacked boxes, uh, seven plus guys mm-hmm. in the box of any team in the NFL. And uh, that should change dramatically with Russell yep. Wilson. No quarterback over the last 10 years has been as efficient in the deep pass game. Mm-hmm. And now that could be some issues in itself for Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL against cover four coverage. Specifically part of that is selection bias because the team that plays that the most was the San Francisco 49ers. Russell Wilson didn't look good against 49ers. 49ers have a good defense. So therefore, Russell Wilson looked worse against cover four. Okay, here you go. A small sample size score. That's what's going to happen sometimes. Uh, the other one here, we kind of talked about it earlier. The pass rushers are going to have to play much more disciplined, um, rushing their mm-hmm. lanes. They cannot cheat in a gap because if they do, Russell Wilson is going to squirt through and extend the play. So it means that you have to play play through your rush lanes rather than cheating one way or another. Helps the run game, helps the pass game, helps the offensive line.
2: No, the the fact that your your defense has to respect the run and the pass is is just again. I, I summed it up in one ball: yep. more yards, more productivity, more scoring. You yep. got a little bit more nuanced on this. The other part I think that should that you should see that you don't. We've talked about this before. Is the pre-snap reads? I feel really good about the pre-snap reads and the adjustments that he's going to make, as opposed to what we've seen in the past. Uh, at least in the past year, you know, before I'm going to stack the box and see if you can throw it beyond me. If you want to throw it all, forget the pre-snap read. We're going to send pressure and we're going to come get you. You can't do that anymore. You're, you're mm-hmm. not going to be able to do that against him. So um, Big E came in real quick. He says, yeah, I talk into my phone because I have Parkinson's and can't hit those buttons. We're, gl- we're glad you're here. Anyway, you yeah. can be. And uh, I-, I can't. I cannot type on glass. I cannot. I don't know where the a phone thinks my thumbs are but it evidently isn't every once in a while i'm like you know what the hell with it i'm not gonna correct it i'm just gonna start sending texts like this and people are gonna think i've had a stroke biggie we're glad you're here uh we're glad you're here and mike Givens coming in coming in as we're getting close saying thank you you're the best he means you he means you nick uh, yeah. you're the uh-huh. best mike appreciate you coming in very very generous super chat coming in orange thank you sir
1: Yep, absolutely. Well, guys, uh, once again, we'll tweet it out, but uh, no uh, building or Broncos for breakfast tomorrow morning. We're going to give Scott a chance to sleep uh, for once in his life. And uh, also I got some stuff I got to take care of as well. It's it's recreational, so don't, don't worry about me. me. I'm okay. No, it's mostly on me. Um, so <laughs> yeah, Scott was very happy uh, to hear that. Hey, I can't join tomorrow. Oh, thank God. Um, but uh, no, we'll miss you guys tomorrow, but uh, you, you got us tonight. So if you're missing us tomorrow, guess what? Go back and listen to us again on YouTube. Start again from the top. Um, No, well, we appreciate you guys. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at MHI underscore pod. Also, at Broncos for Breakfast underscore pod, BFB underscore pod. Uh, follow us also on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker says underneath, please subscribe, like, and share, hit that bell notification on YouTube. And if you're on Facebook right now, go over to YouTube, make a YouTube if you don't have one and join us on there. Uh, We are having apparently YouTube, or excuse me, Facebook issues in general. And uh, YouTube, I think is a better pathway uh, for us more subscribers. So if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe uh, to our channel, Maha Huddle over on YouTube. So that way, if things are buggy on Facebook, you can hop on over and still join us in the conversation and the chat, which is always so uh, incredibly lively and uh, informative. Yep, we'll see you tomorrow night. Chad will be back, so you don't have to see me again.
2: At least we all hope that. Chad should be back tomorrow night with Zach on um, the Mile High Huddle
1: podcast on Thursday night. Yes, sir. So, everyone, we will uh, see you later. Um, Have a great weekend. Uh, Choose kindness and choose compassion. Go Broncos.
3: You've been listening to the Huddle Up podcast. Join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Benefits.